Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign, Tyranny of Dragons. <laughs> I am Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Still in downtime, we have found our adventures in Candlekeep, where some are going through a religious experience. Others are continuing their questions about what this interesting relic holds, while our final member is trying to obtain this relic. That'd certainly make a copy of it, at the very least. So we jump back into our adventures now, continuing their final tasks during their month of downtime. We'll jump back to Fleeple since I believe Ned or you only had Fleeple wanting to see how fast his uh, fly speed could get in the few remaining weeks. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, so you're currently at 20 feet. Um, Last time we had you look up based off of a medicine check through texts. Um, Your eyes start to get a little bit bleary, so you might need to... um, increase your speed through another skill through another method do you propose um, maybe some other creative way of like how fleeple could try to enhance his skills or his speed uh could i pray about it prayer always an option eat pray lift yeah eat pray lift pray to bahamut for those sick gains sick gains okay i will say yes and i'm i have a dc in my mind that i've got established for this particular skill and so whatever skill you propose, I will ha- I will set a DC, you know, because that's normally what a Dungeon Master do does. Um, they set a DC in their mind. Um, anyway, so yes, go ahead and roll a religion check here. All right, you got this sport. Well, that's going to be an eight. Okay, okay. You spend a good four or five days in... F- no, I was going to say <laughs> in fervent prayer, but you wouldn't be praying just for four or five days. You like you pray a little, then you try and fly. You pray, you're, like, mm-hmm. you're just in the Your sauna. wings of atrophied. After four or five days of praying and then trying to uh, chest your wings, you have not gotten any faster, unfortunately, with your flying. Indeed. Prayers might not have been fervent enough. I don't Maybe. know. Yeah, I mean, I think athletics would probably be the most sensible one, but that's still a minus one, even though I got that bump. Maybe acrobatics? That's a good point. Uh, In the air, trying to like do it, not necessarily going for a long time, but trying to flex the muscles in a very specific way, like uh, almost like an obstacle course type of a thing, like trying to go through an obstacle course of and doing it faster and faster and faster. So I will allow an acrobatics, yes. Um, and per the rules of d and I have a DC set in my mind. Okay, we'll get some Faerunian Ninja Warrior. You got this sport. And that is a 19. Hey, hey that beats go. my DC of an 18. And sure enough, he goes, you have to hold it tight in. Use those box core skills. And you just, you try to make it as fluid as possible. And you do find yourself becoming more and more fluid with your wings. Like not necessarily just like strength, but they are starting to form more to your body. They are becoming an extension of your body now. And they are becoming a part of you instead of just this foreign appendage that you were gifted. You have increased your fly speed by five feet, but it does take you. A whole week of training. All right. 
I will allow you one more check to try to increase your speed however you decide. All right. I think now that I've been spending so much time in a training environment, a place that's built for people to be like, you know, you're going to the gym, I think it's time to maybe get some like in-world training. So maybe spend some time in the woods close to Candlekeep, flying around trees and other such things. Could I use survival to do that? Uh, absolutely. You talk to Leosin and he goes, oh, um, if you do leave... You won't be able to enter into back in the candle keep if you go into the woods, unless, uh, and unless you are ma. Uh, well, here, I have one more book, and he takes out this like last book, and he gives it to you, and he goes, "If you feel you must leave, this book will allow you to come back in, but it's my last one." Here, let me try let me try something else first real quick. I know I have a friend who's been trying to get into some self-publishing. I might be able to find something that he wrote, and I would like to see if I can find the story that Quilliam wrote about Lance. Ah, very nice. Okay. So that's on Lance's person here. So do you go and ask him? Um, do you try to rob him? Uh, do you tackle him when he's in the library how do you go about this fleeple well you know these guys have been these guys have both been very sneaky this entire time and i've been doing nothing but helping other people maybe it's time to be a little self-serving so i think i likewise am going to wait until Lance oh is my asleep. gosh stop robbing me <laughs> in my sleep people <laughs> mal hasn't robbed you yet she took something <laughs> no, you still have it. Boom. So who's robbed who? Fleeple, this is really easy. Actually, this is actually really easy because you are resting on his chest every single night. And so you just pretend to be asleep. And after two hours, you go, all right, now's the time. Uh, <laughs> go and roll a stealth check. Oh my all gosh. Right, we got help me. That is a modded 20. Hey. This has been a great few episodes for me. I love it. Just watching me get <laughs> robbed. <laughs> well, Lance got these boons from this book. He can cast Scorching Ray. He's, his stuff has been rifled through a couple times now. Next feat I'm getting is the one where I can't be surprised. Oh, that's a good feat. Yeah, you are able to pull out the two to three sips of paper where the story is on it. And you just gently grab it, staring like keeping eye contact with Lance's closed eyes the whole time. Fold it. Fold it. Fold it. Put it in your sheet pouch. Are you giving my story away? Curl back up. <laughs> I need I need a book to give to the guards. To Leo said gave library. you a book! <laughs> it's his last one. He's got tons! He's a librarian! <laughs> And Fleeple, you fall asleep. The next day, you go to Leosin, and he goes, All right, this is my last book, but you can have it if you absolutely need to. Well, you know what? I'll take it just in case, because I know sometimes self-published doesn't always get the same amount of clout in these kinds of spheres. But if I don't end up needing it, I'll make sure to give it back. All right, all right, of course, okay. Uh, it's just, I've been working on that one for a while. <laughs> uh, um, all right, well, um, good luck there. 
Um, and Fleeple, you will be spending close to a week out in the woods by yeah. yourself. I'm a druid. Without I telling got us? this. Yeah. You just, he just like steals my papers and then leaves for a week. <laughs> <laughs> he just was walking out the gates backwards and like peace signed to both Mal and Leo and uh, Lance. I'm gonna go get in touch with nature a little bit. I've been inside this building for too long. <laughs> I was gonna do something with that story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh. oh no, it's okay. It's okay. I wasn't it wasn't like the thing I was gonna do here. It was like a future idea. You do you. You're good. Fleeple, go ahead and roll a survival check for the entire week then. Alright, you got this sport. It's a fourteen. Okay. Um you sticking with the fourteen? Well, you know what? I got inspiration for helping out my friend. So that's true. I'm going to use that to re-roll. That is a 27. <laughs> what did you roll the first time? Uh, I rolled a six on the die. I got a two on my guidance die, and I have a plus seven survival. Oh my gosh. 27 for the second time. Well, Fleeple, it has been a long time since you've been in nature, and you feel the stones calling to you. There's even like a night where you don't even just like exercise. You you just go back to your roots and you get some like berries and you draw some like druidic symbols on your arms and your face and you um, just start like dancing around a fire and you're like, it's good to be back outside. It's good to be um, one and communing with nature because um, despite the DM forgetting all the time, you are a druid first and foremost and then a cleric. And not a cleric first. You even start to like put up a few stones here and there, uh, sort of like your own like ritualistic area. And you're like, yes, I will call this my home for the time being. You pop some good berries and you go to work. You figure like, okay, now where am I in the wild? A gym is good and all that. Ninja warrior's fine. But when it comes to real world structures, it comes to real animals, real danger. I need to know and I need to practice. So you get into a little bit of danger. You know that you have to test your wings out, not only your abilities, but your wings. And you come across this um, bear. And you are like, okay. After training and getting your wings in shape, you're like, this is the final test. It's do or literal die. And you run at the bear. (laughs) And the bear's like, just like, stands up and goes and you jump up to the bear's face and you just start like you slap it (laughs) you start slapping it with your talents like just just getting its attention and goes and you're like okay now's the time and the bear just starts charging at you and you just start running away running um keeping your wings furled until uh, the bear starts picking up speed faster and faster and faster after you. Um, and after it is, is just charging at you, you, um, you unfurl your wings and you start flying and flapping and flapping. And the bear seems to be catching up with you as you're flying and you're just pushing yourself and pushing yourself. Um, and thankfully, your training has paid off. Thankfully, your survival has paid off because as the bear almost catches up to you, you start to pull away from the bear. You pull away and you get faster 
and faster, and the bear is angrily charging at you. It's going as fast as it can, faster than it probably normally could because it's so angry, but you are still going faster than it. And just as you break through these trees, you're weaving in and out of them, back, forth, back, forth, very obstacles course-like. And when you get to a small clearing, you immediately shoot towards the sky. Um, The bear growls at the sky towards you as you gracefully spin with your wings in the light. It's a very cinematic shot where you're, you're twirling in the air and you face the sun and you lift your arms as you like come to a halt and you, your wings flap in the sky as you breathe in and breathe out. And you feel really good. Your speed is now 35. 35. Okay. You know, I feel so good about this. I feel like I have excelled in my studies and so I'm going to write myself kind of a graduate thesis for Professor Rage Mage. Um, <laughs> just kind of a meditation on the practical differences between training in a controlled environment versus training in sort of a real world environment. Okay. And uh, when I get back to the doors of Candlekeep, I'm going to try and use that as my way to get in. <laughs> we'll say that you had some parchment out in the woods for sure. And you had a day and you were like rushing through it as fast as you could. And you come to the doors and you're like, and you're dirty, you're filthy. You got sticks like sticking out of your clothing. And they're like, "Uh, little one, can I help you? Uh, Yes. And I've got like a drinking horn that I got from a red bull. And I take a big old swig from it and toss it over my shoulder. And I say, yes, I would like to offer this to the annals of Candlekeep's wonderful, wonderful resources on physiology. Oh, hold for a moment. And they rush to go get a master reader to come review it. And sure enough, um, the rage mage comes out (laughs) and goes, you've neglected your training and your studies. I'm disappointed in you, little one. Oh, but I have engaged studies beyond what you could teach me here. I have gone out into the wilderness to find what it's like out in the real world, and I have collected all of my learnings right here. Ha! Give me that to read. And he leaves through it. It doesn't take long. It's only three to four pages necessarily. And he goes, uh, actually, let's have you roll a skill to see how well this is written. Oh, boy. Uh, you have some good experience here, so the DC's not, you're, you're not bluffing. You do have some real world experience to pull on, but there still is a skill to writing things in an academic or even persuasive manner. So let's have you do, is there a skill, an actual skill? Arcana, maybe? I feel like Arcana would be pushing it. We'll say medicine, because this is more physiological. All right, going back to my roots, you got this sport. That is a 15. 15. As he is reading through it, he goes, hmm, the writing is a bit more rudimentary. For instance, you say Blacktoid when you should have said Macloid. <laughs> and uh, there are some things that you uh, just have, have definitely uh, referenced incorrectly. And he just pauses. But I would say this would be a passable entry for my own edification. Uh, this, this, this little one could come in. You just got it. Just barely. <laughs> oh, boy. And it's specifically only for the Rage Mage uh, to take a, take a gander and look. And 
as I'm walking in past the guards, I turn back towards them and I put my shades down, even though I don't need to wear them anymore because I don't have sunlight sensitivity anymore. And with the finger guns, I say, C's get degrees, boys. And then I'm going to <laughs> frolic my way into the library. You have gone back into the library after a week. Mud is still devouring steak with the coin that you have left him. He's gained a little weight this week, though. And he goes, oh, man, this was enjoyable the first few days. Well, this isn't great really anymore. I just can't seem to stop it. Well, here's the thing. You're getting a lot of protein intake, but what are you doing with that protein intake? I'm just sitting on it. Well, we need to get you up and moving, don't we, my boy? (laughs) And you go back to the ninja warrior. (laughs) Uh, And he goes, you have to move, little mud. Um, And we will sunset that scene for our listeners' imaginations. And the last thing I will do is I will slip Lance's story back into his bag. (laughs) And after uh, (laughs) Fleeple slips it in, uh, Lance, you're like, oh, I wonder, is that story still there? Oh, yeah, it's still there. Okay, Same pocket where it's always been. Thank you. I just had a a cool, clever idea for it later. Thank you, Ned. (laughs) No problem. So, Lance, I believe you are one of the last ones here. We'll get to you now. Gotcha. I am going to... uh, So during this kind of last week, as I've been researching kind of what is going on with demonology, especially connecting it to Mal, because I'm just... Something's bugging me about that. And just what it might be, what she's into. I start... Lance Thalen starts reflecting on his past and the things that he's bound to or that he felt bound to and he starts kind of getting a little paranoid about it and so what he's going to end up doing is maybe in this last week that when Malamara and Lance are like where the crap did Fleeple go (laughs) there's a little bit more downtime than usual because we don't you know we, we aren't getting together as much probably in the evenings and stuff or at least as much time and so Lance is going to start looking around to specifically the tavern areas maybe the stables a couple places he's familiar where these things would be and he's going to start looking for thieves cant he's specifically going to be listening for people maybe dropping subtle messages in thieves cant symbols that sometimes might be carved in discreet places to show this is a place maybe that you can get some underground connections excellent Dipping back into the history that you left behind, you've always known that taverns are a place to um, hide and also hide information. And so you excuse yourself from Malamar from time to time or even encourage her to sit at new tables. And as you sit at new tables, you run your finger along the bottom of the tables of the wood. And you're just rubbing it with her casual conversation because what you are looking for are certain iconography, certain terminology, something that can give you a direction. Every table you leave, you leave your own inscription to be erased afterwards. And after a few days of doing this, you go back to one of your tables and that you had, like you've, you've made the rounds and now you're re- repeating your tables, feeling back over your own inscriptions and you feel some inscriptions besides yours. Like somebody has responded possibly to a message to you. Um, after Malamara leaves and when no one's looking, you act like you drop something, you dip down to pick it up. Thieves Cant is interesting. It's its own language. I've, I've joked in the past about how it's just old spy nonsense, like the crow flies at midnight. 
But that is the mi- most minor level of Thieves' Cant. Thieves' Cant at its core is, is its own language. It's its own symbology terminology. I'm almost thinking of like Hoba language as well, um, if uh, anybody's heard of that. Yeah. And uh, there are certain iconographies, certain symbols that denote of every few days there's an individual that comes in that can help you out. Um, and with the symbol of the sun rising, um, you know that it's going to be near the morning time. And so, for the next couple days, you wait in the morning. You don't go to the library first things first. And coincidentally and uh, luckily, that's when Leosin says he has other business to take care of, so he can't necessarily see you through the Emerald Door. And you wait. You nurse your drink. You worry about this extra power you seem to have. But as you wait, an individual walks in one of these mornings. Blonde hair, blue eyes, cloak with a hood that is down, and a gleaming smile, one that is seam plastered on their face. And uh, as they look around, they see you, lock eyes with you, kind of like give a nod. But is there anything you do to indicate towards them? I will have set up two drinks already. One for me, and then one just sitting by itself in front of me, on the opposite side of the table. Seeing the empty drink with the handle pointed towards him, this individual walks up to you. Of course, Malmar is very familiar with this individual, but you... This is the first time you are meeting them. Sits down and takes a drink from the mug and looks at you. I thank you for your hospitality, friend. Thank you indeed. It's always good to wake up to a stiff drink. It's the cheapest wine they had. Nonetheless, wine is wine, am I right? Quite. Smiling through this whole portion. Quite right. He dips his finger in his wine and starts tracing on the table. While he speaks, I've been hearing rumors and whispers that uh, some of my business might be required here. If your business is information, then it is sought after. (laughs) I have many businesses. That's why I have been in business as long as I have been. Information is just one of them. Quite right. Um... In our land, everything that goes through certain channels somehow ends up in the city of Neverwinter. I'm curious as to... The whole time he's talking to this guy, he's obviously, like, just holding his drink. Not drinking it, but holding it. But his other hand is constantly kind of, like, petting at his at his yellow scarf. Um, I'm curious as to the business ventures of one particular person of interest from Neverwinter, a name of renown in that city, business all over Faerun, and all I require is what their current interest is. What are they currently seeking after? (laughs) Friend, you are correct. Neverwinter is a major hub of import-export, especially after their tragic calamity over the past hundred years. It's been ripe for the taking for new up-and-comers, for um, individuals and um, for those wishing to make a name for themselves. And it is the place to be for those up-and-coming. Which individual do you seek? An individual that goes by the name of Vandal. Vandal. Uh, Occupation, if any. 
Vandal's occupation is to make sure no one knows their occupation. <laughs> oh, yes. A clever one, that. Smiling as he continues to draw on the table with the wine that he is dipping from his drink. I can definitely, uh... I can have some channels reach out and see. The name does prick the back of my mind, but for a more up-to-date account, I'll need to check in with a few of my channels. We are here for the small foreseeable future, but I would greatly appreciate that. Well, I know sometimes individuals are paranoid of who's asking after them, and I would appreciate your discretion or not revealing who's inquiring. Oh, my friend. I'm not in the business of ratting people out. It's terrible for business. Well, everyone has a price. But you do feel, across from you, a little tap-tap underneath the table on your side. She says, a little something to get me started, though. Lance will hand over a hundred gold. He doesn't count it. He doesn't look at it. You do, um, as you toss it over, you feel him grip onto it, sort of like mull it over. And as he uh, weighs it in his hand, he breaks out into a wide grin and goes, Expedited delivery is insured, good friend. I shall have word. And it's a pleasure to see you, of course. Allow me to pay for the drink. It's it's been it, last time you got it, and let, let allow me, please, please. Oh, of course, of course, five copper. Yes, of course. And so he goes. I will see you shortly. Thank you so much. And uh, he leaves the drink, and he leaves. Uh, goes to the the barkeep and pays the five copper. Tips you or tips uh, his head towards you and walks out. All right. Lance will wait for word back. Excellent. I will say also, or one more of these evenings, Lance is scared, but also intrigued by the power of this book and will try and look into it one more time just to see if he can oh. make sense of it. Okay. My mind is a little foggy. Did we have you roll anything for that? Um, because it was in, no, it was just an abyssal, but you were, you're like, I can't read this but I am going to study and try and figure it out. He only looked at the front couple pages that were in Abyssal. He's going to start thumbing through a little bit more to see, is it all in Abyssal? Is it in other languages? Are there diagrams possibly he can decipher? He's curious about this book, and he doesn't know what it is and doesn't know what it exactly does, but he knows what it gave him, and he's something's gnawing at him to look again. Um, are you doing this in, in the tavern itself? Oh, no, this is going to be, this is very much one of the nights that, you know, especially while Fleeple's gone, he's going to wake up after his four hours of, you know, meditation, look over at Malamara, who's snoring very loudly, and uh, wa walk out and go, you know, kind of off on his own a little bit. Maybe find a torch somewhere in the grounds of Candlekeep and just start perusing through. Okay. This is a large book, but despite it being so large, there are sections that have been ripped out entirely. And so there are just these gaps in the book that are odd. All of it is in abyssal. 
you just keep reading and going and going you spend a good 30 minutes just trying to see if any of the some pages are so chaotic it's hard to decipher so you have to like turn the book and like spend a good amount of time to even see and make sure everything is in a bit of a soul and it is about 30 minutes go by when you're when you get to the end and it is just all finished and you're it's can't understand any of it don't know what it means no diagrams necessarily none that you could decipher or uh, that you were that were clear i have purposely not looked up this book so i am experiencing its effects as lance is experiencing it that's how that's how it should be experienced ignorantly <laughs> just kidding ignorance <laughs> As you finished looking this one, your other hand feels deathly cold. And you look over to it and it seems to be like has this like faint blackness glowing from it. And without knowing why, you can cast the cantrip chill touch. Oh my gosh. What is this book? Okay. Malamara. Your friend comes back with a replica of the book. And another, mo- another time, another evening, when Lance is not there. And he goes, well, it wasn't easy, but I think we did quite good, don't you? And he slides it over, wrapped. And you pull it down in front of you, and you unwrap it and take a look. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It has even the same weight as from what you recall, what you remember. And it's, there are some slight differences, but they're not noticeable. They're only noticeable to you because you studied the cover for like an hour and a half. And you, you were specifically looking for differences. But at a glance, just kind of reading through it, it looks pretty darn good. I will just need the rest of my payment, darling. Mal has prepared the bag of gold and she just hands it over, rewraps the book and kind of nods to him because clearly he doesn't like the winking for whatever reason (laughs) and says, thank you. You know, uh, I would appreciate if you didn't tell anyone about this. And she gives that side look to him. My dear, discretion is my middle name. For without discretion, I wouldn't have any customers. <laughs> A pleasure seeing you again. We, we really should not wait too long between meetings. We should. Um, it's been much too long. And uh, I hope to see you again next time you're in town. I mean, I I just don't think that I'll um, be able to come back to here. And I imagine that he leaves <laughs> while she's in the middle of yeah. trying to yeah, talk her it's way It's okay. Out. All right. All right. <laughs> goodbye. Uh, see you, No, really goodbye. See you later. I'm leaving. All right. About this time, Fleeple has been brought in and Leosin comes to you all. Ah, yes, um, good, all of you are here. Uh, I would like to, um, I, I must say I have news on a current situation. And he says that with a smile and like sort of gleefully and he goes, you've done your part and we have done our part and I'm uh, very much looking forward to letting you in on all of the news here. And uh, Fleeple, 
Oh my, you look uh, quite beat up there. What did you do, slap a bear? A little bit, actually. I was joking, but um, all right. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> Would all of you come with me? Of course. Of course. Yeah. I can just imagine Fleeple's, Fleeple's, what is it, his shawl, his, his sheep shawl is just like a muscle-bound t-shirt now. It's just like, <laughs> kind of like <laughs> stretching out. <laughs> Especially with the wings. Yep. He had to like cut little slits in the back <laughs> so the wings could like slide through. And mm-hmm. um, But regardless, Leosin takes you all into a room with Anthar Froom. Ah. If you yes. recall it being a very boisterous, um, somewhat overweight man with a red beard and uh, is very he sees out of him and goes, oh yes the Jake squad <laughs> oh pleasure seeing you all, good seeing you of course, of course uh, he's got this massive turkey leg in one hand and a big mug of ale in the other and he goes, please sit, sit, sit come, 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 we have much to discuss here of course, much to discuss all of you sit, and it appears that there is um, some progress moving forward. Any questions to ask Leosin or Anthar before we jump into the discussion? We gave them the book, mm-hmm. right? Like that was kind of that was kind of preset, correct? Oh, about the masks. Yes, yeah. that's what I assumed we had done. Well, I guess this is the first time that we've seen them since we got back out, isn't it? Well, no, I've seen Leosin almost every day of the month or every other day at least i thought other than the initial other than seeing them initially um once you got up and and just sort of like explaining i imagine you explained a little bit of what you just what you found down there maybe this is something i i neglected to talk about in the podcast i apologize if i did so i i assumed you would have spoken to leosin initially after getting out of the dungeon uh the forgotten library shared the information at the very least and then possibly handed over the book regardless that's not going to alter much about this conversation as they are trying to describe what they have found on their end but it would be good to know moving forward what all of you had intended to share previously or wait until now yeah i'm good to share everything yeah yeah jank squad always truthful to the end and forthcoming with all of their information yes so Except honest. the dragon tooth. Um. <laughs> That's true. Holding on to that. Leosin pipes up as for all of you and sit down. Mud is not invited, unfortunately, as he's not been part of the whole conversation. And so he is not in here, but Leosin goes, yes. So um, we said that um, you would all go into the forgotten section of the library and find out that information about the masks. Um, just to clarify, uh, was there any additional information you had found from what you had already shared with us? What you had shared with us was that the um, uh, the masks were used. Uh, 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 rather, uh, Flip, would you mind summarizing again, please? I'm just so excited for the things that we found here, um, if, if possible. Or, or all of you. It doesn't, doesn't have to be Flip, or I just... Yes, as I recall, there were the worm speakers who were the crafters of these masks and allowed them to be a vessel of Tiamat and a leader of the cult, um, even to the point of possibly granting some powers over the chromatic dragons themselves, and that the head worm speaker has the obligation to combine all of them into the mask of Tiamat and call her forth from the abyss. Not the abyss, Ah. from the nine hells. It's a very important distinction. (laughs) <laughs> very important, very important. We are in an academic library here. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, of course. 
the worm speakers, as we know, have survived the ages, but these masks, they were lost to time. And as with all this discussion from Bondath and the, her communications with Resmir, um, this has been an important fact that we've been able to find. We have been following the money, if you will, and in so doing, we found Resmir. We found her when following the money as well. My agents were very discreet. It was very difficult. And um, unfortunately, one of them didn't come back alive. Um, but they, they have sent word that they have been following Resmir. Resmir, from what we've been able to gather, is a half-black dragon. Um, they are what we call a wearer of the purple cloth, which is precisely in line with what we had found uh, in the letters from Mondath as well. Mondath, as you might have recalled, was a wearer of the purple cloth as well, um, which, if you recall, way back in the caverns, she had purple robes in the um, dresser, if you will, down in the caverns when you were raiding her office. Flapel, did you ever take those robes? I can't remember what, if you took them or not. I believe I did. <laughs> think you did. Leeple takes everybody's robes. <laughs> yes. I have it in my notes. Purple Mondath regalia. Yeah. And so I imagine at this point um, them talking about the purple robes, you just slowly pull out some of these purple robes from Mondath. I pull out some robes and they're red and I look and I'm like, oh, wait. And I put those back in and then pull out the purple robes. Shocked a little, Anthar goes, are those Mondath robes? They are, in fact. Good <laughs> wish! Pass them over here! Pass it! No, wait. Probably not to me. Deleosin, his fingers aren't as greasy as mine are. And um, yeah, he might have to be able to examine them. Goodness me, Kobold, you, are, you certainly are a creature of surprises here. <laughs> Stealing Mondas robes. Stealing a member of the Purple Cloth robes. Goodness gracious, what is to be next? Leosin's holding them kind of reverently, but more delicately than reverently, and he's examining them. Flippo, this is incredible. How come I wasn't aware of this before? Probably because I forgot to look at my inventory. Well, a lesson to us all, then. Look at our inventories. This is monumental here. This is... Uh, uh, <laughs> Fleeple, might I hold on to this, or would you prefer to hold on to this? Ah, uh, you can hang on to it for a little bit, I say, as I'm just, like, looking through my backpack, and I'm like, what on earth? And I pull out that little winged snake pendant that I picked up back in Greenest. <laughs> uh, Lance, go ahead and roll a history check. Oh, okay. That's a critical fail. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's a one. And you look at the pendant, and you're like... Flapo carries around the craziest things. <laughs> and immediately after that, I pull out the worm box. <laughs> Lance goes wide-eyed. And Leosin... <laughs> Leosin goes, Good heavens, Flapo, do you still have that? Uh, yes. It's it's very disturbing. It might be so disturbing that it could cause someone to critically fail on a history check. This... This is the key to everything. <laughs> oh, goodness. Goodness gracious, I won't speak of this, but uh, I, I, I'd like to hold on to these robes because we might make use of them for infiltration, for espionage. 
just for impersonation. Those are pretty much all the same things I just said three different ways, but if you are all right with us holding on to this, um, I think we might be able to find somebody who could fit in these. Um, regardless, the members of the Purple Cloth don't necessarily make up the Worm Speakers. They do, however, make up the higher ranks of the Cult of the Dragon. Worm Speakers are brought into the inner circle of the main leader themselves. Now, from what we've been able to gather, we believe the main leader is a person called Severin. Severin being the leader of the cult, we, we believe. We don't know much about them. They actually, there isn't much to know necessarily. It seems like the name popped out of nowhere just a few years ago. What's the name? Severin. Almost like Severus, but Severin. And this is a leader of the cult just within the region or like throughout the entire world? We believe they are the leader of the entire cult over all regions. That is big. The reason why I bring this up and uh, why we've been able to identify it is because it was specifically after Severin that talks of the masks came into our communication and into our knowledge. We had some snippets about regalia, which we passed off as just um, ceremonial. But it wasn't until you brought up these masks that we went back through all of our notes and intercepted additional information where we've also picked up word. Apparently, there's a, uh, one of the white masks is missing, uh, and we intercepted one of that uh, communication, and it seems that they are um, frantic to find it. They are, um, they are in communication to find them. Uh, we haven't found much of the other masks necessarily, but we do believe from your communication and from our, our research that the worm speakers themselves have been granted those masks, especially from what you found in the forgotten section. Anthar pipes up. Yes, my order has been um, looking around, trying to weed out the cult of the dragon. We know of some cities that they like to inhabit and um, that they secretly run. But we haven't been able to get hold or flush any of the weaker members out, necessarily. I mean, some even brazenly open the Cult of the Dragon's pendants walking around Neverwinter. Um, there are some who uh, don't appear to be hiding it whatsoever. Um, you'd find them in some of the larger cities where they can get away with religious tolerance. If it were up to me, I'd wipe them all and banish them from all of the major cities and hubs. Regardless, as he composes himself, we have been keeping an eye and there does seem to be an increased activity in most of the hubs around here. Thanks to your help, and not only with information of the cult, but also in retrieving uh, a key member from the Harpers from Wisteria Vale, we have planned a council in Waterdeep for us all together and discuss the ongoing problem with some of the masked lords. We would like to invite you to this meeting to discuss what you have found, but also to be in talks as you have been key attributing members into the fight against the Cult of the Dragon. Leoson pipes up. This meeting wouldn't be for some time, unfortunately. It would be months. Um, it takes quite a while to get uh, everybody from all four corners of the earth, so to speak, or rather Faerun, um, to meet in Waterdeep. But... It is one of the most secure cities that I know of, and uh, of the higher-ups in most of the organizations agree that there 
we'd be less likely to be scried on, and privacy would be almost guaranteed. So, when the time comes, would you all be willing to join us for that meeting? Well, I'm done with everything I need to do here, and I don't suppose I have anywhere else to go in the near future. I mean, yeah, I think we just need a day or two more here, and then we're good to go, but you said this is months away. Yes, yes, of course. It, it wouldn't be uh, for months at the at the earliest. Um, I actually, as I mentioned, we found Resmia, and I was hoping with those months in between, it'd be just absolutely beautiful if we could get more information, more um, uh, just more evidence to really drive home the threat. And now that we found Resmia and tracked her to a certain location, certain town. I was hoping to enlist some of your services um, in in the months uh, uh, leading up to this to get more evidence on Resmia, the Court of the Dragon, and such. Um, eh, in particular, with my men in one of the local towns, I could help in, uh, integrate you, and um, maybe you could either gather information, go after Resmia herself, get a dragon mask I, I'm not sure I'm not sure it's possible but uh, we have some time and I know you ha- all have um, proven yourselves to be an incredible strike force an incredible resource and to have an incredible drive to move yourself uh, in the direction of um, uh, this cause is that something that all of you would be uh, in agreement to or uh, what, what are your thoughts or feelings of this uh, I'm into it ah uh... Uh, I mean, I, yes, um, just, uh, and Resmia is a higher-up, is one of the... Is a worm speaker, like second in command. They're in, from what we believe, Severin's inner circle. Okay, um, wow, okay, if we do this, I mean, I'll just kind of look at Fleepo and go, if this is the next step, then I guess we got to take it. But after this, there's no hiding anymore, we'll be known. They'll be coming for us. Well, I uh, suppose I understand if the two of you have some hesitancy because I'm sure you all have other ambitions aside from this mission that we're on here, but I have nothing to go back to aside from this. So I know that my life is going to change irrevocably if I follow this course, but it already has been changed irrevocably. The only thing I have is here. That's what kind of Lance glancing around to both Filippo and Malamara kind of realizing to himself almost for the first time realizing that so yeah I guess we're and Lance rarely does this but he kind of smiles and he goes I guess we're doing this Mal sort of solemnly nods her head as well looking at both of you Leoson looking at all uh, all three of you as well all right I can't tell you um, how much this means to me uh, not only as a follower of Bahamut, but just as a friend. To see you all sacrifice your time and your lives. Um, hopefully not your lives, but certainly your time. To helping something that we stumbled into each other. All of those weeks and months ago. Where I was chained up in that caldera. It was a caldera, right? Yes, it 100% definitely was a caldera. It was a divot in the landscape, like a, like a strong divot. And to see where we've all ended up and everywhere that you've, uh, we've, we've, we've come, we've come to, it's, 
it just warms my heart to know I have allies like the three of you. So thank you. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. Um, can we bring Mud with us? I'm sorry? Uh, Mud, the the guy who's outside, uh, got big sweatbands because he's working out a lot these days, trying to get swole. Oh, um, if you, uh, mm, mm, uh, is he up for the task? I suppose we probably should ask him about that, because... I know he... I saw him eating a lot of protein yes, over he, the past few weeks. He decided to start getting into keto. He thinks that's going to help him out a little bit. I'm not into fad diets myself, but I know that that can really change a person. So maybe his ambitions are a little bit different now than they were when we first met. <laughs> I suppose if he wants to... I'm just afraid um, he may not be up to snuff his all. Uh, you've been through quite a bit. You know what you're getting into... I'd hate for you to bring somebody in who um, maybe is not fully prepared or fully aware of what they're signing up for. Um, I wouldn't... I will say, I'm, you might be right. You might not be up for the task yet, but I think at this council in a couple of months, it might be good to bring him along, at least for that, because, I mean, he worked in the cult. He's he He's actually one of our best inside sources right now. <laughs> really? Yes, we. He was in. He oh. was in that divot in the landscape, that caldera, if you will. Um, yes, that topographical concavity that yes. we spent some time in. Yes. So many, so many ways to describe it, and it's, 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 it's miraculous that I, I was unaware. Um, absolutely, he should be there. He should come. He should speak. Check to make sure he's willing to put his life on the line first, though. That would be a good idea. Yes. Oh, uh, what? What? One thing. Uh, before, um, uh, let's see, um, uh, uh, in that same report, saying that, um, uh, just, just so we are all above board, we're sharing information, uh, the, the only other things that seemed, um, why we want to move on this is there does seem to be some possible structural changes for these worm speakers here. And so if we can move uh, quickly to either remove resume, we could bring some instability. The reason why we say this is because <clears throat> the person who had the white mask originally seems to be a falling out of favor with Severin and possibly being removed. We heard um, uh, it, it was uh, encoded, but uh, from what we can gather, there seems to be um, someone they refer to as uh, Vandal who might be uh, hopping in here to, uh, to to bring the mask and to find it necessarily. We're, we're not sure if that's a threat. We're not sure if, if that's a fact necessarily, but... Um, Something that, uh, the one reason why we want to move and try to get Resmir and possibly her mask as well. That is such an odd coincidence. That is the code name that Lance over here used when we were in that depression in the ground. Really? Well, <laughs> Lance Helen, you wouldn't happen to be the one who's trying to rise the ranks of the court of the dragon, would you be? <laughs> Lance, oh, hearing my. that name is starting to, as Philippe observed many, many moons ago, getting very clammy in the hands. <laughs> and <laughs> he finally acknowledges the clam. When he's nervous, sure. And starts just kind of, like, nervously laughing to do a terrible job covering up, just... <laughs> 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 
Ha 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 belly laugh. And that is where we're going to end this week's episode of ICAST Fireball. I didn't even need to pay that guy 100 gold. <laughs> I want my 100 gold back. You don't know what other information you might receive. So, Besides, this could just be a rumor. So wait, so just to be clear, Vandal was holding the white mask, but is falling out somehow with the cult. No, no. Oh. Um, they, the person who had the white mask has lost it. Okay. And they are no longer, they are being kicked out of Severin's inner circle as a result of this. And the person who they are being sent, they, that uh, through this encoded message that the, the word or the phrase that is being used to recover the mask is Vandal. Whether that is a Vandal, whether that is somebody named Vandal, a code name for somebody, they are unsure. Gotcha. But as we close this week's episode of iCast Fireball, I want to thank all of my players, of course, and I want to thank all of my listeners, of course, all of our listeners to diving into this week. We are finally wrapping up our downtime. We still have a few knots to tie, a uh, few things to tie up here with Malamar and possibly Lance Thalen here. So um, we'll get to those, but thematically, we are on to the next leg of our adventure. Some might call it a season, some might call it a chapter. Here at iCast Fireball, we call it an adventure. So thank you all for joining and for just listening along. If you want to um, let us know how you think we're doing, uh, shoot us an email at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com or give us a five-star review and let us know uh, your favorite parts of the campaign so far. Um, if you feel like uh, we could use some extra support, uh, you can go to our Kofi donation page page and drop whatever donation you would like there Uh, that lets us know that um, people and fans are eager for additional content whether that's additional campaigns whether that's uh vinyl stickers whether that's miniatures painted with a 3d uh, 3d miniatures or whatever we want that information from you and so those are the three best ways to let us know i just want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts here at icast fireball for just taking the time to listening so thank you thank you um we want to shout out our sister podcast improv tabletop of course where ned is the wonderful gm or keeper depending on the campaign you decided to listen to he has a year-long backlog of fate accelerated mini one-month adventures some of them are wacky and fun uh one of the first ones is called jurassic bake-off where it's a spoof of jurassic park and great british bake-off another one one of my favorites is Miceborn, where you mix Redwall and mistborn together using the tabletop uh, system fate accelerated he also has an ongoing campaign of avatar legends so if you love avatar last airbender go give them a listen and don't forget to leave them a five-star review shoot us a message on any of our social media platforms twitter facebook and instagram with our handle at icastfireball20 we'd love to hear from you we'd love to shout you out um, in a future episode as well so let us know uh, what you've been enjoying but Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your fellow friends and wacky adventurers. I'm Thomas the DM, and around the table we've got... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time.